First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Welcome one, welcome all to the court of the Trashy Royals, where we assemble each week to reveal and revel in the tales of our betters behaving badly. My name is Stacy. Hey friends, Alicia here. Thank you for joining us for today's episode with our continuing naughty nobles <laughs> with Lord and Lady Mountbatten. We have made it through their courtship, their wedding, their honeymoon, and left Edwina with a whole lot of time and money on her hands definitely flirting with the lines of adultery and dicky ha hapless husband trying to make good at sea it is time to hearken to edwina beginning her illicit affairs for real this week lots of folks both men and women lots of locales both domestic (laughs) and foreign lots of interconnected spider webs this week we are really gonna have some fun on trashy royals Before we begin today's Trashy Royals adventure, though, we do have a few fine and good nobles to thank this week, our newest Patreon supporters. Huge love and thanks to Mario N., Ellie G., and Aaron M. We appreciate you, new supporters, as well as all of our sustaining Patreon community. So easy, this one. If you want in on early and ad-free episodes, two bucks a month is going to get you your very own private Trashy Royals feed. We drop them, you get them, easy (laughs) as pie. Which is kind of how Edwina slides into infidelity too. Let us anon to Lady Edwina Mountbatten. Let the affairs begin. Oh my. friends, when we left off, it was certain that Edwina was openly flaunting her lavish social life, her flirtations with men. Edwina had about a dozen constant admirers that she'd rotate in and out with. She'd go to parties and events with, because mm-hmm. Dickie's at sea, and you right. have to have a man to sure. escort you. Edwina calls these dozen consistent admirers her ginks g-i-n-k-s ginks what's dicky doing at sea he's all right he knows about these men he knows edwina is spending a great deal of time with them dancing and flirting and dining and all that stuff but dicky's not worried they don't pose any real threat to their marriage for sure and since dicky was always gone with the navy He just kind of thinks, well, you know, Edwina's a spirited girl. She needs company to keep her amused. (laughs) But alas, by the beginning of 1925, three years of marriage with one daughter complete, Edwina's flirtations had evolved into her first full-blown affair. Edwina's first lover 
was her long-term friend, Hugh Molyneux. Old Hugh is the heir to the Earl of Sefton and described as the best-looking man in society. The affair between Edwina and Hugh was passionate. It lasts about 10 months. It would have likely lasted longer had Molyneux not been posted to India as the aide-de-camp to the <sighs> Viceroy. Hmm. But Edwina's broken the seal, so to speak. Illicit affairs have begun. This affair would be only the first of many. Of many, many, many. Really just the beginning for our fair Edwina. Just a little bit of a spider web here about Hugh Molyneux. He will not marry his fair Edwina, although he really did try. He will marry, however, in 1941 to American socialite Josephine Armstrong. She is the daughter of a very good friend of David's, Eddie VIII. Josephine Armstrong's mom is a good friend of Wallace. Oh. It all comes back around. Speaking of comes back around, my done and done podcast friends, it's time to fold the cheese. Okay, this is so much fun. Edwina Ashley Mountbatten wastes no time in choosing her next lover. His name is Stephen Sanford, who goes by the nickname of Laddie. Laddie Sanford is Edwina's next lover. He's a good friend of Edwina's. Laddie Sanford is an American heir. What is he an heir to? A $40 million carpet fortune. Hmm. Laddie Sanford is also a champion polo player. We covered Laddie a whole bunch in the Palm Beach series over on Done and Done. So some of this might sound familiar to some of you. Sure. And the horsey set is always uh, ripe to get swept up into the English aristocracy. You ain't kidding. Old Laddie Sanford was educated, like you are at Yale and Cambridge. He'd recently won the Grand National Steeplechase in England in 1923, which ends up getting Laddie a cover on Time magazine. Wow. Prior to his affair with Edwina, Laddie had just ended an affair with a different glamorous figure in British society, a socialite named Doris Delavine. Doris Delavine, you also might know as Doris Castle Ross, this lady. She's a socialite. She's connected into a thousand ways in more current culture today. Doris Delavine is the great aunt of Poppy and Cara Delavine. I was going to ask. I was like, uh, that last name sounds familiar. Oh, yeah. Doris Delavine, who becomes the wife of Castle Ross, Valentine. Remember Valentine and Lady Kilmore? We're going to get back around to that over on Trashy Divorces. It really does all connect. Laddie will eventually go on to marry a lady named Mary Duncan. She's an American actress. They get married in 1933. Laddie and Mary Duncan here get introduced by Marion Davies hmm. at a polo match. Marion Davies, long-term lover of William Randolph Hearst. Also, Marion Davies, or her sister, is connected into a very unusual spider web still to come in our investigation. It really does all connect. Anyway, Edwina and Laddie had been lovers for a while without Dickie suspecting a thing. Because Edwina's married, right? Like, sure. Mm. Oh, no. So, it took Dickie's bestie, David, future Prince of Wales, having a little talk with Dickie. Before anything was on Dickie's radar. Even then, Dickie refuses to believe it. He'll write in his journal, went to see David. 
he had a queer story about Edwina. Hmm. I bet he did. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. The affair between Edwina and Laddie would last a long time, even though Edwina would also take other lovers during their affair. Andrew Loney writes, Sanford was to remain one of Edwina's principal lovers through the interwar period and the Mountbatten guest books at Brook House and Adsdeen and the diary of her friend, Jean Norton, are filled with references to him. Jean Norton, check back to last week's episode for her story, but I don't want you to forget about Laddie. Laddie still is lurking in the background, and is Edwina done? Two affairs? Is she done stepping out? Oh, probably so, right? I've looked at Edwina's natal chart, friends, and Edwina (laughs) is nowhere close to done. Now is a terrific time to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about more lovers. We'll see you on the flip. Being a part of a royal family might seem enticing, but more often than not, it comes at the expense of everything else, like your freedom, your privacy, and sometimes even your head. Wondery's new podcast, Even the Royals, pulls back the curtain on royal families past and present from all over the world, to show you the darker side of what it means to be royalty. From icons like Grace Kelly, Oscar-winning actress turned Princess of Monaco, who the world saw as the ultimate good girl, she mastered playing a happy wife and mother, but beneath it all, she was desperately lonely. Grace spent her whole life working towards perfection, and it ultimately cost her her happiness. Or King Ludwig II from Bavaria. He was only 18 when his father died, leaving the crown to him and a duty to rule that he never wanted. He refused to lead and used funds from the royal treasury to further his extreme love of opera. But this choice eventually cost him the crown and his life. Mm. Follow Even the Royals on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge Even the Royals ad-free right now on Wondery+. Plus. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ladies and gentlemen. What are you doing? What do you mean? Just keep it simple. I'm making the promo. Just keep it simple. Just say, hey, we're the Brav Bros. Two guys that talk about Bravo. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we're the Brav Bros. No. Oh. Dude, stop with the voice. Just keep it simple. I've seen promos on TV, dude. This is how you get the fans engaged. This is how you get listeners. We're trying to get listeners here. If we just say, oh, we're two dudes that talk about Bravo, people are going to get tired of it already. We need some oomph. All right, then fine. Let's try to do it with your voice. Brav bros. Good job. Oh, Edwina, she's not close to done. Another one of her lovers during this time is a guy named Mike Wardle. Edwina begins her affair with Wardle in September of 1926. Edwina and Dickie have been married four years now in just a few months. Mike Wardle is an interesting figure. He was extremely well-connected in British circles, aristocratic, social, and political. Old Mike, he was educated at Eton College before attending the Royal Military College at Sandhurst. Old Mike is also really good friends with 
David, hmm. Edward, future eighth Prince of Wales, and a close associate of one of my favorite Spiderwood Spiderweb characters, Lord Beaverbrook. Oh yes. Seriously, y'all, find new friends. <laughs> Just go to your local pub, for goodness sakes. Meet somebody new, anybody new. Mike Wardle, if you want to know about him, <laughs> he's tall. He's a handsome ex-cavalry officer that women find nearly irresistible. Now, the thing about Mike Wardle, he had lost an eye hmm. in a riding accident and wears this black eye patch, which apparently adds... Leaps and bounds and patches sure. to his allure. Mystique. Well, the mystique of Mike Wardle, he's not the first guy like this in and around court. This eye patch thing has been sexy in England for a while. I'm going to hearken back to my girl, queen of my heart, Anne Boleyn. There's a dude at her court. He's a half cousin of Anne's. His name is Francis Bryan. Francis Bryan... Joust for real, did joust for real, lost an eye. Mm. Jousting. So Sir Francis Bryan runs around with an eye patch, rogues and rascals. And anytime I can get a dog story in, I'll sure. do it. So listen to this. There's this particular dog. It's a lap dog, a little terrier, like the best dog ever. And apparently this little dog was given to Sir Francis Bryan by Lord and Lady Lyle hanging out monitoring Calais. Lady Lyle is also a cousin of Anne's, too. Okay, anyway, cute dog. Sir Francis Bryan comes to visit his cousin Anne, and Anne Boleyn loves this little dog, and it's Anne's puppy now. Oh, God. Perkoy. <laughs> the name Perkoy is thought to be a corruption of the French word perquoi, mm -hmm. which means why, which you, you, I have a little terrier. Why? Yeah. Why? And they yeah, cock they their do. head, they and their they head. lift their little, yeah. anyway, eye patches. I get carried away sometimes, but kind of sexy. Just make a note. Back to Edwina. She's running with a fast crowd with all the time, money, and freedom in the world. Cloaked in the security of marriage. Poor Dickie. Like, Dickie has friends. Edwina has friends. We all have friends. <sighs> Mike Wardle, lover of Edwina. He's got another good friend that we've heard about. Before in Trashy Divorces and Done and Done. And here too, I think. Who's this guy? His name was Oswald Mosley. Oh. Mm-hmm. Mosley was a member of Parliament. Uh-huh. Starting in 1918, elected when he was just 21 years old. Old Oswald Mosley, he married Lady Cynthia Curzon in 1920. Big claim to fame of Oswald Mosley... He would later be the founder and head of the British Union of Fascists. Indeed. Beginning in 1932. After his wife, Cynthia Curzon, her untimely death in 1933, Oswald will go on to marry one of the Mitford sisters, Diana Mitford, whom Oswald and Diana had been having an affair for years. Diana Mitford, goodness, had left her extremely wealthy, wealthy husband, Brian Guinness, years ago to live with Mosley in an unheated flat tenement, which alienates Diana from pretty much her family and from polite society. Oswald Mosley and Diana Mitford Mosley would both be held for several years in Holloway Prison due to their close relationship with one Adolf Hitler and also under suspicions of sharing yeah. 
information with the Nazis. Yeah. Okay. Edwina and Mike Wardle are seen so often in public together and make zero, I mean, I'm going to say little effort, but no effort to hide their affection for each other. Their relationship is now being hinted at in gossip columns. Old Dickie, still out at sea, just trying to redeem his family naval career. For Sea Lord. Dickie's humiliated. I mean, not yet. (sighs) That's not the worst result, though, of Edwina openly flaunting her lovers. Because soon the royal family gets involved. When Edwina, you ready for this? La Scandale. Dances in public with Fred Astaire. Uh, Okay, that you actually should probably give a pass to. (laughs) (laughs) Fred Astaire and his sister, right? Dance queens. uh, Adele Astaire, who'll go like, oh gosh, it's all so connected. But yes, the royal family is up in tap shoes that Edwina dared dance with Fred Astaire. What are you supposed to do when you're in a room with Fred Astaire, though? I... You dance. I, I would think. Hey, John Travolta, I'm Princess Diana. I dance. That's what I do. Here, though, the extremely conservative Queen Mary was not amused. We'll put it in the proper British vernacular, was not amused. And Queen Mary reaches out to Dickie and tells him to get his wife in line. Wow. There That's... will be no stepping out. That is uncomfortable. I mean, he's married one of the richest women in the country, and he's going to try to put his foot down, really. You're worried about Fred Astaire? You're not worried about every other lover in the... Okay. Say, <laughs> the San Francisco Chronicle runs a full-page article titled, A Royal Spanking for Gay Lady Mountbatten. If only they knew. <laughs> it went on to say, For Lady Mountbatten wears her skirts just about as short as you see them anywhere on Broadway. And to the staid people present, the sight of Lady Mountbatten's garters and lingerie was no doubt a shocking spectacle. (laughs) I love it. All right. Who doesn't love this? Dickie. Despite his public humiliations, Dickie remains loyal and steadfast to his wife Edwina even going so far as to make her feel better after her bad press. In this attempt, he wants to console her after all the hot goss and being rebuked by the royal family. Dickie's going to write the following letter to his wife, Edwina, expressing his love and admiration. I want you to know that no action, however small of yours, passes unnoticed by your spouse and that he is more grateful that he probably shows for the hundred and one little thoughtful acts by which you make life so very pleasant for him. The interest you take in my humble efforts at polo and the encouragement you have given me to play as often as possible have made a wonderful difference in my life. If I could in any way later my character and nature to be less selfish and more thoughtful, I should be a very happy chap. Should like to be able to wait until you have gone to sleep at night, sleep without snoring, steal out of bed without waking you up, sit up late and dance late with you, knocking off, making plans, writing chits and discussing servants. I should love to feel I wasn't a snob and that I wasn't pompous. I wish I could drive a car like Bobby Casamari, 
play the piano and talk culture like Peter, shoot like Daddy, play polo like Jack. I wish I knew how to flirt with other women, and especially my wife. I wish I had sown many more wild oats in my youth and could excite you more than I fear I do. I wish I wasn't in the Navy and had to drag you out to Malta. I wish I had an equal share of money so that I could give you far handsomer presents than I can really at present honestly manage. In other words, I would like to feel that I was really worthy of your love. Hmm. Poor Dickie. Yeah, that's rough. In response to this letter from Edwina, there is no response. She keeps the letter, though, and it was found among her papers. Lots going on with Edwina here in the late 1920s. Is it Hugh? Is it Oswald? Who knows who else? When we come back from break, we're going to bring Laddie back into the (laughs) picture because I told you not to forget about him. You did. We'll be right back. Laddie. Stephen Sanford never really goes away. Laddie had been pressuring Edwina to leave Dickie. Like, all through their romance. Come on, be done with him. Marry me. I have a fortune. You have a fortune. Our love is so fantastic together. We could be so fortunate. Edwina hasn't ruled it out completely, but she wasn't exactly convinced. And her indecision causes a lot of arguments with Laddie. So they detach a bit, although Laddie never goes away. It's just kind of temporary. It's now 1926, and Edwina decides to make a go at her marriage, and she's going to join her husband, Dickie, in Malta. They rent a home called Casa Medina, and they'll entertain Jean Norton and her children, Nada and George, Dickie's brother and sister-in-law, The Duke and Duchess of York also come to visit. Patricia, their daughter, is left in London with her nanny. The Mountbattens also make a new circle of friends while in Malta. During this time, a lot of this new circle being Dickie's polo friends. But it will not take long before Edwina gets bored and finds her new life as the wife of a junior naval officer on a small and tiny and confining Mm -hmm. island to be perhaps lacking the excitement and freedom that Edwina had grown accustomed to. Sure, can't really pop off to Paris so easily. Well, Edwina packs her bags and returns to London. Hmm. Once back in London, without the confines of her husband, Edwina takes back up with Laddie. Not only Laddie, but Mike and Hugh Molyneux. (laughs) (laughs) Triple play, all of whom, this triple play, are pressuring Edwina about their future with her. Goodness. In mid-October 1927, Edwina begins to feel not great. She's kind of sick. She's ill. She's suffering from headaches and dizzy spells. And she's going to leave London with her good friend Jean Norton and go to Paris. Later, it was discovered that Edwina in Paris had had an abortion. Hmm. Now, if it sounds to you like at this time the marital troubles of the Mountbattens had finally reached their crescendo. <laughs> Is that a no? Okay. No. They had not yet. Going to be a long time before they do. In early 1928, Edwina was cited as a co-respondent in a divorce action. Not in England, not in the UK, but in the United States. Hmm. By a lady named Adelaide Chacanou. 
Edwina and Adelaide's husband, hmm. this is one Julian Jack Shackenew, had been having an affair for quite a while. Hmm. Lord Beaverbrook, <laughs> I love Lord Beaverbrook, gets involved to help stop the media coverage that would dramatically damage Dickie and Edwina's of reputation. Of course, yeah. Lord Beaverbrook writes to the American lawyer Paul Cravath after hearing about the suit. It is imperative that we should know in the first instance if this threat is serious. If not, we don't propose to do anything. If threat is serious, it is a matter of utmost importance that suit should be stopped. Our immense social influence and support of plaintiff, please throw all your personal interest into this case. Beaverbrook, he's a guy who gets it done, like premier columnist, newspaper guy. He knows everybody. His intervention works. The Shackenos instead divorced quietly and Edwina's name was never mentioned in relation to the couple again. You would think Edwina would think, whew, close call. Aren't I the lucky one? I should probably deter from carrying on my illicit affairs. You would think. Have you met Edwina? <laughs> in June of 1928, instead of spending the day with her husband now of six years on his birthday... Edwina instead your face at that. Yep. Edwina decides instead that she wants to spend time with Stephen Laddie never goes oh away God. Sanford. So she tells Dickie that she has a toothache and leaves to be with Laddie. <sighs> Laddie and Edwina were nearly inseparable for the following few months and in August of nineteen twenty eight. Quite the toothache. Both Edwina and Dickie were vacationing in the south of France, along with Laddie and his sister. I, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> Laddie and Edwina were photographed together looking very affectionate. That picture was published in the star. Little Dickie, his feelers very clearly hurt. This, this point is finally when Edwina has the first attack of conscience about the effect her affairs were having on her husband. Edwina will write to Dickie, I feel I've been such a beast. You were so wonderful about everything, and I do realize how hard it all was for you, although I know you think I don't. I feel terribly about it all. I mean, that's kind of a half apology. Like, she's got some kind of conscience. I didn't yeah. hear I'm sorry. I didn't hear I won't do it again, or I'm going to quit my dancing with Fred Astaire cheating ways with mm, six men. But Dickie, no matter, man, he is hooked, hooked into Edwina at the slightest expression of any kind of regret from his beautiful rich wife. Dickie is ready to make amends. Come on back, baby. I'll forgive everything. We're going to work on our marriage. How do they decide to work on their marriage? How? We're going to try to have... Another baby? You got it. Mm. But before that, before new baby's on the way, Edwina, she's got a little bit to do. She's going to go to New York to stay with her friend Grace Vanderbilt on Fifth Avenue and then on to the Vanderbilt's Newport, Rhode Island mansion. Dickie writes to his own mother in September 1928, and it is difficult not to feel badly for him when considering the uh, desperation in his tone of hopefulness. Oh, Dickie. Edwina, he writes to his mother, 
has written me the sweetest letter of our life, and honestly, Mama dear, I can't see what there is to worry about. Almost as soon as she arrived in New York, she went on with the Vanderbilts to Newport, which she would hardly have done if Laddie meant very much to her. Anyway, I couldn't be happier. Unsurprisingly, Dickie's hopefulness is misplaced. Edwina was not there just to visit with her good friend Grace Vanderbilt, and it also wasn't Laddie Sanford that Edwina was there for. This time, Edwina's love interest was Ukrainian-born American singer and actress. Her name is Sophie Tucker. Edwina's affair with Sophie Tucker has heads turning. I would think. Holy cats. This is probably one of the favorite things I'm talking about in this entire series. Let me give you the lowdown on Sophie Tucker. Sophie Tucker was a Ukrainian-born American performer known for her burlesque, vaudeville, and nightclub acts. Previously, Sophie had performed in Ziegfeld Follies, and her style is comedic and body and flamboyant. It's super risque. Let me tell you about some of her most famous. <laughs> I love it. Some of her most famous songs. I don't want to get thin. I ain't taking orders from no one. Wow. I may be getting older every day, but younger every night. You're gonna miss me, honey. I'm living alone, and I like it. This woman is ahead of her time. Her song. When they start to ration my passion, it's going to be tough on me, was extremely popular in England. Those are some pretty good song titles. Here's my very favorite Sophie Tucker song title. Nobody loves a fat girl, but oh, how a fat girl can love. (laughs) Sophie Tucker is incredible. All right. So she's based in the United States, but she's really popular in Europe. Edwina had met Sophie and they became friends when they traveled on the same ship to the United States. Edwina had seen Sophie perform in nightclubs in London before the journey. Sophie Tucker even runs her own club in New York City called Sophie Tucker's Playground. Sophie and Edwina, they're planning to enjoy New York nightlife and Sophie Tucker was going to show Edwina around the clubs in Harlem Tin Pan Alley in Greenwich Village, 1928. Oh, yeah. Can you even imagine? Edwina's like, let's do this. Mm -hmm. In 1928, at the Palace Theater in New York City, Sophie Tucker first gets her nickname, the last of the Red Hot Mamas. Her cultural legacy is greater than most people realize. Her trashy divorces we are going to talk about over on our Trashy Divorces Sister podcast But let me just give you a little bit of a lowdown on Sophie Tucker. She was cited as the main influence for the character Matron Mama Morton in the musical Chicago. Chicago, yeah. Mm -hmm. And Sophie Tucker is mentioned in the lyrics of the song from Chicago. Uh, And Sophie Tucker, should I know, to see her name get billed below Foxy Roxy Hart. Totally in there. Sophie Tucker is also a huge inspiration to Bette Midler. Ah, that makes sense. Bette Midler writes a book using Sophie Tucker as her inspiration for the main character. It's really incredible. Too many, Sophie Tucker is considered a live performance legend. She was ahead of her time in many, many ways. 
Sophie was a feminist long before it became fashionable. She flaunted her buxom figure and was most certainly an advocate for sexual independence. By the end of her career, Sophie had been in 11 films and three Broadway plays, in addition to a lifetime of performances in nightclubs. In 2014, Sophie was the subject of a documentary called The Outrageous Sophie Tucker. Now, Sophie, even though she was divorced quite a few times from actual men, Sophie's known to have female companions. In addition to being married three times to actual men, Sophie had several romances with women. Some of her romantic female partners were Chicago journalist Amy Leslie, hmm. Sophie's traveling maid Molly Elkins, Dr. Margaret Mom Chung, and the subject of our profile today, Lady Edwina, Edwina. Mountbatten. Now, during Edwina's stay in New York and touring nightclubs and parties with Sophie Tucker, it's pretty fun. But it gets widely rumored and reported that the two women were sharing interconnected hotel suites. Bum bum. Dance with Fred Astaire. Oh my share gosh. Share a hotel suite with there Sophie is a Tucker. Door right there. When the rumors hit the newspapers, Dickie's lifelong friend Peter Murphy does his best to quash this story. Peter Murphy tells the New York Mirror, Lady Mountbatten did not come to the United States with Miss Tucker. She met her on the boat by chance. Miss Tucker has greatly exaggerated her friendly relationship with Lady Mountbatten. She has overdone it. There is nothing more to say. Boom. <laughs> you think the press believe that? Uh, no. Nobody, nope, nope, nope. They published Peter Murphy's comments along with a picture of Edwina and Sophie Tucker on board the ship <laughs> with this caption. Just chanced to meet. Really, folks. This was only a chance meeting on shipboard between Sophie Tucker Wright and Lady Mountbatten. Enterprising photographer got them to pose together for the picture, but as for Lady Louie going into a nightclub to be opened by Sophie, why the very idea? <laughs> Probably more consequential than their brief affair were the people that Sophie Tucker actually introduces Edwina to in New York City at this time. This subject is going to come around again later in Edwina's story which is going to be next week because we're leaving Edwina and Sophie here for now. We're going to be back next week with the continuing saga of the Trashy Mountbatten's when we have another child and so, so many more illicit affairs coming. I had to end it on Sophie Tucker. I love sure. her. Well, now I want to learn more about her. So thank She's you. She's fantastic. Nobody loves a fat girl, but oh, <laughs> how a fat girl can love. Goodness. No, go pull up some Sophie Tucker. Sure. She does uh, just some incredible performances. She was stellar. I don't know if she gets remembered enough for kind of a standout that mm -hmm. she was. So Edwina, Hugh Molyneux, Laddie Sanford, Sophie Tucker, back in New York City, turn off your fan because the stuff's about to hit. That's all <sighs> I'm saying. Get ready for next week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you one and all for tuning in and for telling your friends about us, for your kind reviews, for your support on Patreon. Y'all are simply the best. I hope you are enjoying this ride through the Mountbatten's. 
this wild ride through the Mount Badlands. Well, this week it kind of boiled. Like, mm-hmm. we got to heat it up this week. The last few weeks were trashy, but a little backstory. Now mm-hmm. we're now we're swimming in it. In it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you so much for that. You are very welcome. Totally my favorite stuff. The other things that my favorite stuff, y'all, Trashy Divorces drops every Sunday and Wednesday for you, our sister podcast. We have talked about some of these folks we have. over there, Done and Done, another sister podcast, drops on Monday for you. I've covered Laddie Sanford ad nauseum and mm-hmm. his mom and all the Palm Beach stuff. It really, really sure. does all connect. Thank you for all the ways you listen, all the ways you support us. Y'all are simply the best. Keep your eye on the throne. Keep your eye on David, future Eddie the Eighth. God, it's all coming around yeah, it's again. it's all going to go bad. Have an incredible week, everybody. Big love. Bye. Bye.